Let me ask you a question. Did you tell yourself that 2023 was going to be the year that you got rid of the excess body fat? Are you tired of the man boobs? Are you, try are you tired of the extra jiggle, man? Are you tired of it? You know, not being able to take your shirt off because you may feel a certain way. Let me ask you a question, man. If you could change that or at least drop 10 pounds in 30 days, would you do it? Right now, I'm running a 30-day challenge, right? 30-day challenge, 10 pounds. All right. That is the goal. And that is very, very attainable. It is the start of your fitness journey in 2023. If you want to start it off right. The most important thing that a lot of people miss out on and why I, just, I see them just not being successful in the gym is because there's no sense of direction. That's what I'm offering here. Right. So 30 days, 10 pounds. Let's make it happen. Hey, man. And I mean, for all us P.E. indulgers, it may just add a half an inch to your dick if you get rid of all that excess body fat. So again, if you're ready to do this, if you're ready to actually make it happen in 2023, then click the link in the description, book a call with me, and let's make it happen. Let's get rid of that jiggle, and let's bring those muscles back, baby. Think about it. Bring that six-pack back, baby. You want that. I mean, you don't want that extra tire. You don't want that jiggle. So let's get in the best shape possible. What is up? What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode here at the Mask and Health Solutions Podcast. It is your dude, CJ Rodriguez, here to talk about how to release fat off your body. And yes, the word, the verbiage, it matters, man. You want to release the fat off your body. Say that again with me. You want to release the fat off your body. You do not want to lose it. Why? Because when you lose it, what do you want to do? You want to go right back after it, which is something that tends to be too common. In this day and age, a lot of people, they quote unquote, lose weight. And then what do they do a couple of years down the road, a couple of months? They gain it all back. Right. And that's what me and David Hernandez jumped into today. Right. And David Hernandez is the founder of Body by Purpose. He is the creator of Elite Champion Fitness Academy. And he's also the host of the podcast. Listen, you're not defeated. His life's mission is to empower over one million people to live a better life in a healthy fit and free way you know he believes in one core component in everything he teaches providing value right and in the conversation we had he truly lives by this and the story he told me about how his friend you know he lost his life at a young age and and he lost his life because he was obese right like i was telling you guys before you know i don't really care but what people define as beautiful, you know, according to the vanity metrics, you know, it's like, oh, you're beautiful. Love the skin you're in. But if you're not healthy, ask yourself this. Is it safe? Is it good for you? In the long run, is it really healthy? I don't think so, man. So I appreciated David Hernandez's insight on how to approach obesity. And obviously, you know, there's more to it. Sometimes there's a lot more things that we don't understand that's going on behind the scenes or going on in the mind, right? And that's what I loved about David's approach. It wasn't just about the superficial stuff that you see on the outside and you're just like, ah, oh, this guy's just lazy. Or, ah, oh, he's not really, you know, he, this guy doesn't care about his weight or she doesn't care about her weight. You know, he went into the deep part of uh, how the brain works and why these things tend to happen. And why sometimes our brain, which is supposed to be our friend, our mind, is working against us, right? And his insight... And all the knowledge that he has, honestly, was just 
it, it was a whole lot to take in and i hope you guys could really take a lot from the knowledge that he has and the wisdom bombs that he was dropping left right and center <laughs> And um, there is a lot to take in. There's a lot of good stuff that you guys can take and apply, right? So definitely pay attention to this episode. You might need a notebook. You might need a notepad. And let's jump into today's episode with none other than David Hernandez. And if you're interested or you want to learn more, you want to check out the podcast and all that good stuff, be sure to check out the links in the description below. Enough of my yapping, guys. Let's jump into today's episode one what is going on guys welcome to another episode of the masculine health solutions podcast where i'm joined by the legendary david hernandez who's going to break down a lot of good things in regards to weight loss and a lot of basically what i kind of view as a, a different perspective on how we should be approaching weight loss fitness health mindset and all those good things that i think a lot of us you know have uh have these odd well not odd i'd say that we've been influenced too much by extrinsic forces but david's gonna kind of put that into focus but first and foremost david how are you today sir i'm doing fantastic cj thank you so much for the opportunity i'm honored to be a part of your show thanks for having hey, me man i'm i'm happy you're here because there's a lot we're gonna jump into and um you know i was reading i was reading your bio and that but uh what got you started in all of this what got you started down this road Young age, I was into sports, always liked fitness. I was introduced to a bodybuilder magazine that absolutely revolutionized my mind. I couldn't believe that a body could get <laughs> that big, especially being so skinny myself. And after reading about uh, a lot of these athletes, like I realized that they came from a very similar background. So mm -hmm. from a very young age, I just really immersed myself into that culture. And I had a childhood best friend who was a total opposite. So to paint you a picture, I was this young, skinny, athletic kid, and he was this husky, slightly overweight, non-athletic, uncoordinated guy. Yeah. And so he was he was like a brother to me, man. We did everything together. We played football together. We tried every sport together, hung out so much all the time. And I I did my best trying to help him with his because with his journey, because I I, I saw that he was suffering. And a lot of times when we're in an unsettling place in life, whether we're not happy with the way we look, we're not happy with the life that we're living, a lot of times we suffer, but we suffer in silence. And that was uh, the, the exact thing that my best friend was going through. So in that, I would take him to the gym, let's go for walks, let's go for runs, this, this, and that. And you know, after we, we, we split up after high school, we went our separate ways. I moved to Miami, he stayed in Texas. We kind of had a slight separation. We weren't talking as often. And, you know, yeah. at that age, he was already really battling psychologically with just not loving himself and not accepting himself because he was overweight. And three years after that, I got a phone call that he had passed away. He had gotten so desperate to get the weight off because he had gotten so obese that he went to get a gastric bypass surgery. Two days uh, later, he got an infection and he died. Damn. And... That news was the biggest slap in the face um, because I started to blame myself. I started to blame myself, believing that I could have done more. And I started asking myself questions. Why didn't I do that? What if I had done this? Why didn't I stick with him? And so about after eight months of beating myself up, I had to realize that there was not much more I could have done. I did my best with what I knew, that it really had to come down to him. Yeah. And 
I quickly realized that there were some greater issues happening that was keeping him stuck in that life, right? And in that was really the identity piece. And so I did make a commitment, though. I knew I couldn't do anything else for him, but I made a commitment. I said, as long as I know of somebody or if I can influence somebody, I want to make sure that they avoid going through what my best friend went through. And we fast forward 16 years now, and I'm still holding myself to that promise. No, but that's, I mean, the way I kind of see it, that's your origin story for a lot of us. There's usually pain involved, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of feel like, you know what, sometimes the greatest humans or, or some of the greatest work comes from a very, very painful place. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can totally relate to that because it's kind of like, yo, we all get spurred into fitness for different things. But yeah, I kind of find that, you know, hey, it might seem negative at the onset, but what you create afterwards can be beautiful, right? So, Absolutely. hey, man, props out to you for that. Brother. Yeah. You know, that darkest moment became my purpose. You know, I was able to find it, but had I not seen it through that lens, yeah. through a different perspective, right? Of, okay, well, what can I learn from this? What can I gain from this? Am I going to continue to just be the victim and beat myself up for something that I can't control any longer because it's in the past? Or can I look forward and say, this situation can now help for good, and that's exactly what what it's become for me. hundred percent, man. But so now let's say this this happens. And what was the first thing that when did you make that connection between, okay, obesity and there's something related to the mind? Like psych, psychologically, it's like, how are these people viewing things? Like, when did you make that connection? Because that's a very 16 years ago that wasn't really talked about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. And still today, it's not fully talked about enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that we we are doing people a disservice from not driving this message and speaking it loud enough. And I understand the reasons why it's not done, right? Yeah. Financial gains and so many other different political yeah. reasons. But the core of it was I came back to, well, why wasn't he able to? It's not that he didn't want to, right? It's not a will or a desire that is keeping us from attaining the life or releasing weight or achieving the physical fitness goals that we want because we all want it. So I would ask myself, why is that? And it really comes down to his makeup, right? His environment, how he was raised, how his identity was formed. And in that, a big component was his relationship with food. This is a conversation that I believe is missing in the health space. Yeah. When we look at relationship, every single day we're in relationship with everything around us. We're in relationship with our parents. We're in relationship with colleagues. We're in relationship with our boss. We're in relationship with our pets. Like we relationship, meaning we are in constant connection with them. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, when we are raised, we are developing relationships that end up shaping who we become. It becomes our identity. The things that we do form who we become, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at this, I would go back and I would say, okay, what, what was, what were the things that, that would make him stay stuck in that place? Well, it was his belief about himself, but his belief about himself was shaped from a very young young age, right? He had a very traumatic experience with his family. His mom abandoned him. His grandmother adopted him and raised him. So there's like trauma that he dealt with, 
But in that formation, his environment was what started to shape him, right? The yeah. way he would eat was giving him an understanding of what food was for him. And when we look at food, it literally shapes who we are today. Because if we look at food, what does it do for us? It influences our mood. It influences our thoughts, our energy, our performance, and literally shapes us yeah. physically, right? Yeah. So in that, it's understanding that from a young age, we have developed a relationship with food that in essence has become our identity because it's how we're now viewing this relationship that I have with food, with myself, with my environment, and even with health as a whole, yeah. which is why I believe that a lot of obesity is learned behavior. We literally learn how to become this individual based on how things are presented to us from a young age. That's super interesting. I mean, the thing is, it's it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And it's almost like when you pull back the layers, you know, you look into a lot of people's lives, like I don't judge these people, right? Also, like obese yeah. people, because I'm like, yo, man, like when you started looking into it, and I've heard other people talk about it too. Like I remember Tony Robbins. I remember I was listening to him way back in the day, right? Yeah. And he was talking about a, a woman that was sexually abused when she was a child. And she said, yeah, I just started eating. And I found mm -hmm. comfort in that. And that, this was like 10 years ago where I'm like, I, I'm like, what? Like, why yeah. would you start eating? That makes no sense. Right. And then she's like, yeah, I started eating. I started eating and it just gave me comfort. It gave me, you know, I felt good. And she's like, and, and she's like, also with the weight that I was putting on, I was like, at least this way I'll be less approachable. I'm like, what? Like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I never viewed it from that perspective, but for human beings will always find a way to kind of make that relationship work out to our advantage and we'll find a way to make it just kind of fit and sometimes the brain's like all right we're going to do this to protect you and That's it's right. almost like we create these false illusions in our minds and then i mean it deteriorates our health <laughs> you totally. know so it's totally. it's it's interesting because we're always looking we're always looking for for joy and happiness yeah right? at ultimately the end of the day, we want to yeah. feel good we want to be happy and the the issue is that when we're growing up and usually this relationship is formed from a young age and it's in our developmental years, usually from being born to about seven years old, mm -hmm. because that's where we're observing everything. We're learning how by seeing our parents, how do they eat? Yeah, we're seeing we're learning by how are our emotions dealt with. So I always use this example. Let's say young CJ came home from school. He got in a fight with his best friend. He's sad. They fought over a toy. He broke the toy. Your best friend did right now. You mm -hmm. got in this big argument. You come home. Mom sees that you're sad. So she says, CJ, what happened? You guys chat. And she says, you know what, son? It's going to be okay. Here, have this cookie. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have, ha have this cookie to make you feel better. As individuals, we don't realize what's happening in that moment. When CJ now eats that cookie, subconsciously, he starts to associate, oh. well, if I want to feel better, this cookie is going to help. Yeah. In those moments, we start to connect neurological connections with that. The more that pattern starts to repeat. Now... It's not going to happen because mom brings it to you. Now, CJ is going to be the one that's going to go grab that cookie to make me feel better. 
And the issue with that is that in that communication, in that dialogue, in that relationship, you start to develop an unhealthy relationship with food because food wasn't intended for the sole purpose to bring us joy or to make us mm -hmm. feel good. Yeah. It does do that as a byproduct. Why? Because food produces chemical reactions within our body. It spikes up our dopamine, especially if we're talking about sugar and, yeah. and, and high processed foods that turn into sugar quickly, right? We get satisfactions of serotonin. We get all of these chemical reactions because that's what food does. Yeah. However, when that relationship is developed in an unhealthy way, it starts to quickly become toxic, which then now causes you psychologically to view food as my coping mechanism, as my mm -hmm. outlet, as my feel-good drug. And because sugar doesn't fight back, it never says no, it is free, it is always available, it is very easy for us as humans to, to literally... Uh, uh, wrap ourselves in as that coping mechanism of choice for our life. Yeah. And the thing is, it's so readily available. Like, absolutely. Dude. Now, too, because it's kind of like yeah. versus ancestral eating, where it's like, yo, I got to go get these berries, you know? That's right. <laughs> we got to go That's make right. these pies and we got to work for the food that we're eating. But now it just seems like, honestly, there's high fructose corn syrup and everything. You know, there's everything. that soy and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, for me, I always view it from like, okay, you know, is this good or bad for my testosterone? You know, and I got yeah. two boys. That's and great. the more I read into it, you know, I'm just like, wait. You know, I don't want mm -hmm. my kids to be eating a credit card's worth of microplastics this week. So we're going to not eat this shit. That's but right. The thing is, it's kind of like, and I, I don't I don't view food as the enemy, right? It's kind of like I have a healthy relationship with food. However, there's certain foods where I'm like, bro, I ain't going near that. You know, That's I'm right. avoiding that one like the plague. But now for you, let's say you take somebody who's had that relationship with apple pies, with chocolate and all that good stuff. And it's their coping mechanism. How do you take them out of that, like? frame of mind to say okay you know what it's not a bad thing to eat however we got to regulate a little bit better what would that process kind of look like yeah i break it down into four steps because it's important for the individual to understand how they developed that relationship right like because we have to we're always looking to understand our association with everything mm -hmm. when we look at films what draws us to a character like why did he end up this way how did yeah. Superman become that, right? We're always drawn to that curiosity. So as humans, we got to take people back to the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Because if I can tell you and show you that what you are doing today was learned, it's going to give you hope to understand that we can unlearn it and learn a different thing, right? Yeah. We can get ourselves out of it. Because when we're immersed in this thought process or in this identity, we believe we have a problem that there's a defect with us, that we were made different, that we have some type of issue with us that now keeps me stuck in this place. But if I can show you that you learned how to do this subconsciously and also physically, we're going to remove a barrier that is telling you you're not going to be able to do it. This is impossible. This is just who you are. That's yeah. a lie. OK, mm -hmm. so we take them back to realizing how this relationship with apple pie or with sugar or with with fried food, whatever it is, was developed. And we're going to realize that it was typically stemming from some situation that you went through in your childhood where that was presented to you or you saw others use those foods in the same way you're doing, because all we do is we learn behavior patterns and we repeat them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
100%. When we look at when we look at our culture, if we're raised in I'm I, I come from a Mexican family, right? That was my culture growing up. So what was readily available for me? Everything that was in the Mexican <laughs> culture, right? Yeah. But I had to make a choice from a very young age seeing what the outcome was mm -hmm. if I'm not intentional about what is being presented to me and develop a conscious, healthy relationship with the foods around me, I can potentially end up like my uncle. I can potentially end up like my aunt, right? Yeah. So it's taking them back from the beginning and then having them understand that, look, we can unlearn how to do this by going through what I call the root cause. Where did it come from? Where does it stem from, mm -hmm. right? To then looking at, well, there's always going to be things that trigger us to go to these foods. Yeah. So if we can recognize what those are, we're going to now start to be able to have the power to take control of our own choices. Because yeah. that's what's happening. You have lost control of the choices you are making, right? 100%. It's now automatic. And why is it automatic? Because neurologically, we've developed connections that take us to those foods Whenever we're feeling stress, when we're feeling sad, when we're feeling angry, when we get bad news, whenever I just need to deal with, I have some anxiety, I got to deal with it. You're going to always go to the same foods. Why? Because we've developed those neurological connections. Yeah. So through this four-step process that I've developed, it's literally helping people unwire these connections basically destroy those connections and develop a new neurological connection with a different choice. Interesting. And would you say it's, it's almost like an addiction at this point? Cause I understand that. Yes. Absolutely. It's kind of like sub. Okay. So it is more. Absolutely. Cause it's kind of like you, you almost have to, what's the word I'm looking for? Like detoxify them from it. Right. Just almost like do like yeah. a rehab type thing. So here, let me give you a picture so you can see this. How, why it's now an addiction is because when we do something in our brain, we have neurological charges that fire, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're literally electronic charges that fire. The more we do a set thing, the yeah. stronger those connections start to fire, right? And because everything is linked, those now start to develop in a strong way. So let's look at this. You're in a forest, right? In this forest, there's different trails, right? So I want you to look at your neurological connection as like a trail, like a mm -hmm. bike trail, a, a walking trail, right? So when you first come to this to this forest, there it, that trail might be full of trees. It might have weeds. It might be non-existent. Yeah. The more you start to do something, what you're literally doing is you're starting to shape out this trail. You're starting to map it out. It's starting to become clear. Now you can kind of see that there's a trail for you to walk through there, yes. right? You're literally now making space. The more we repeat a set behavior, like for example, I'm sad, I want to feel good, I go to the cookie. The more I do that, I'm literally now in my brain starting to shape out this trail. The more that trail becomes clear, the stronger it's going to be on you and it's going to be harder to get out of. Why? Mm. Because now it's an automatic state, right? Now you yeah. just fire automatically because the reward versus the desire, let's say the desire to feel good and the reward is good 
that starts to become a habit. That is how habits are formed, mm -hmm. right? So what we have to do now is literally desert this trail and create a new trail doing something else. So that might be if I'm stressed or if I'm sad, I'm no longer going to go to the cookie. Now I'm going to go for a walk instead. Now I'm going to go to the gym instead. Now I'm going to, I don't know, listen to some music, do some breath work. Yeah. But for us to create that new trail, it takes a little bit of time and effort, right? Because this trail is, 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 is rooted in you. It's mm -hmm. strong. It's, it's visible. Yeah. But the more we get away from this, I'm not going to go this route anymore. I'm going to go this route. This trail now starts to become bushy. Weeds start to grow on mm -hmm. it. And now I can start to map out this new trail that I decide to create within this forest, meaning your brain. A hundred percent. And I imagine that process probably takes anywhere from what, three months to a year for them to finally make that. It's different. Switch. Yeah. It's different on every person, right? Because in there is like, let's go back to how habits are formed. Well, desire is what starts a habit, mm -hmm. but the reward is what actually creates the habit. If the reward is strong enough for the brain to understand, oh yeah, I want to do more of that is we'll start to form that habit. Right. So yeah. it really comes down to our true desire of wanting to change who we are back to the identity piece. Right. We do what we do because we are who we are. Yeah. That's it's that simple. Right. Because of what you believe about yourself. What's that famous quote? Whether you think you're right or whether you think you're wrong, wrong. you're right. Right. Yeah. right. And <laughs> as a man thinketh, so is he. Right. Yeah. It comes down to our belief because if you believe you're ugly, you're obese, you're fat, you're never going to change, well, that's going to be true for you. Yeah. But if we can now change our belief and say, no, I am healthy, I am strong, I am fit. Yeah, but David, my reality is the difference. It doesn't matter. It's about our belief, right? It's about changing our identity and how mm -hmm. we view or see ourselves. Because as we think, we will then do. As we are, we will then do, right? Yeah. And so it's really getting to the, the identity piece being the mental piece to help people rewire and shape who they are, to change who they are, mm -hmm. to then get the outcome of life that they want. Well, to me, it's kind of like, I mean, I believe in manifestation, right? But I think Absolutely. that- the one thing that people kind of disregard, they don't take into consideration because everybody gets hung up on the law of attraction. I'm like, there's more to that, though. You know, it's not totally. just like it doesn't exist. Just yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. It's, it's not, not... <laughs> it's not magical stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the secret kind of misled a lot of people. Like, oh, you just think about it. I'm like, no. But the thing is, when it comes to physical manifestation, first you got to see it in your mind, right? It's kind of like, That's okay, right. I want to get to 10 percent body fat. Okay, so I got to see that in my mind, and I got to act as if prior to right. me already being that, right? That's right. And that's kind of where it's like, okay, you know, if I'm going to bring this thing to fruition, I got to start working on it today. I got to start developing these habits and I got to make it happen. And to your point, it's almost like you got to retrain these people mentally to see themselves from Absolutely. a different perspective, right? Yeah, totally. hundred percent, because it's not so much only about the doing. We spend so much time trying to think, well, just tell me what to do. But if we don't believe what we are desiring, 
in the sense of this is who I am. The I am statement is so critical. Powerful. And the confession of who you now have chosen to become or to be is just as important. Why? Because as we hear, we believe, mm -hmm. which is why if we continue to speak, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm terrible, I suck, I'm never going to achieve, I'm never going to succeed. What are you hearing? Negative. Literally that. Mm -hmm. So everything within you is going to give you that outcome. Yeah. But if I can now decide I am healthy, but today your physicality is you might be overweight, you might have unhealthy habits, you don't go to the gym, whatever that is. That's your current reality, but that's temporary because we have the ability of changing anything. Why? Because one, we have to understand that our, our brain is plastic. We yep. can literally reshape and design it however we want. So if we can change this, everything else will follow. Yeah. So if we can decide, I am now who I want to be. I'm healthy. I'm fit. I'm strong. I'm successful. I'm incredible. I'm beautiful. I'm the best mother. I'm the best father. I'm the best entrepreneur, whatever it is. If we can decide that is who I want to be. And each day I now confess it. Each day I now confess it. Each day I now confess it. Even when you are screwing up, I tell myself, I am successful. I am great. I am talented. I am gifted. I mm -hmm. am this person the more you hear it, you will start to believe it. Mm -hmm. When you believe it, right belief produces right actions. Mm -hmm. The belief now is going to draw your desire to do the good that you so much want to do, mm -hmm. which will then, as a consequence, give you the results that you want. It's not backwards. No, people yeah. do it backwards. Just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. It, it might give you temporary results. You might do it for a little bit, but that's why you keep falling off. That's why you keep failing because the identity piece has not been first created and constructed to then draw you to the things you should be doing that will then stay forever. A hundred percent, man. It's kind of like, it's that mental compass. That, that's the way yeah. I've always kind of seen it. Like for myself, I'm just like too many people don't understand that. Yeah. You got to put the work in, but it's almost like your mind is the precursor to everything. You know, it's the root yeah. cause of it all. And I mean, I didn't right. even know that as a kid, it just kind of like my desires trumped everything where it's like, this is what I want. I want it now because I want to make sure that nobody can ever, you know, mess with me again, you know, and it just boom, yeah. just spurs you into the right direction. Then obviously, you know, you go down there and you're like, yo, I feel good. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep working out. I'm going to keep developing my skills, whatever the case may be. But I think a lot of kids, and to your point, like to your buddy and stuff, it's like we also make those negative um, subconscious or we just kind of take on those subconscious patterns. and We have no idea yeah. where they're coming from, where they stem from right. or what the root That's causes right. of that actually are. But the one thing that I, I did want to discuss with you, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I want to get your take on this is what do you feel about this new body acceptance um, movement? And do you think it's fair? Because they're basically telling people it's okay for you to 20,000 calories. It's okay to do this. And I'm like, I don't think it's okay, man. Like, I think it's, I think it's steering people in the wrong direction. Yeah, that's a very controversial one. And one that I'm sensitive to speak about because I empathize with everyone. And mm -hmm. I believe that there is beauty in all shapes. However, where I draw the line is if what I am doing is putting me at risk to affect my health, Context, not just right yeah. now, 
But in the future, I do not condone that. Why? Because without health, it doesn't matter how beautiful or how society wants to make you paint to be sexy, to be beautiful, to love our curves. Mm -hmm. I believe that we can find beauty to a certain extent in that, to a certain degree. Because if I'm putting myself at risk to produce unhealthy habits, to affect my health, to give me diabetes, to cause high blood pressure, to cause cardiovascular situations and problems, to bring fatty liver into my life, then we should not condone yeah. that as a society. We should not promote that. We should not give it the value or the platform that we've been giving it as a society because we're only doing them a disservice because at the end, it doesn't lead them to great life. Mm -hmm. We feel that life is just us living. It's about quality of life, my friends. Yes, yes. It's not just about existing. Mm -hmm. We're all alive, but how are you living? What is the quality of life that you have? If you can't go up the stairs, if you can't enjoy adventures, if you can't go to things without feeling out of breath, without being tired, without feeling weak, we may need to reassess what we're doing. Because true yeah. beauty lies first with loving ourselves to take care of ourselves first. Mm -hmm. We've got one body. We've got one health. And it's our responsibility to choose that for ourselves. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it is us that influence everything around us, right? So in regards to that, if it's affecting you or leading you to a path of, of unhealthy life, I'm not for it. A hundred percent. Interesting. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, I, I do feel that a lot of people want to be politically correct when they answer it and they want to be like, well, we got to be saying, I'm like, we do. However, I'm like, if they're hurting themselves, I'm That's like, right. I'm going to step in. Like I got a good yeah. buddy of mine. Like I remember, uh, there was a time where I'm like, oh, I'm going to power lift. Right. And I just got on this perma bulk, man. And I'm just bulked for like, it wasn't even a bulk. I just decided to eat. Like I didn't care. <laughs> and I got to like 280, and I would just say, well, you know, I'm still really strong and I can bench four plates and whatever. Right. And he's like, nah, bro, you're fat, dog. You're fat. You're out of shape, man. Get in shape. I'm like, man, that, that's kind of mean. He's like, yo, it's yeah. the truth, man. Get your ass in shape, bro. Go. And he's a there good homie, go. right? Like, he's a close friend. And, and sure enough, I'm like, all right, fine. And about three months' time, you know, I was down about 60 pounds, right? And I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to get, keep getting down to where I want to be, where I'm comfortable. Like, yeah, man, you look better. You look healthy. Your skin looks good. I'm like, yeah, man, you're right. I feel a lot better, too. And it's so, night and day, man. It's night and day. Yeah. And sometimes we do need somebody to give us a reality check. But I feel like, our society our culture yes it's good that we're more sensitive to certain populations but at the same time like i feel like nobody's holding anybody accountable anymore in regards right. to just like here's the reality if you keep going down this road you probably will get a heart attack you're probably gonna get high yeah. blood pressure and type 2 diabetes that's you know right. i feel like there's still that missing and you know what that is that's 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 false love mm -hmm. and we as a society have lost the ability to truly love me telling you something that is going to better your life, whether you agree or disagree, whether it hurts or doesn't hurt mm -hmm. is me showing my love to you. Yeah. Right. And it's necessary. However, the reason why we create these these ideas in our head, we always try to justify 
the reasons we're doing to please our situation temporary, to feel good right now, like you. I justified, oh, I can bench so much. I'm so yeah. strong, right? <laughs> it was your own justification as to the reasonings because you did not want to come to reality that maybe this isn't the best thing for me right now, mm -hmm. yeah. or I'm just not seeing it, right? So we've got to love more and we love more through honesty and empathy in a respectful way. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that it's gotten so out of out of line as a society that like, yes, we we have freedom of speech. However, we can choose how to speak to not offend people and still love them and be able to bring the right things for people. Right. Mm -hmm. To encourage people to live the right way, to encourage people to get healthy. Me telling somebody, hey, you're fat, go to the gym is probably not the best thing to do to somebody. But yeah. if I could say, hey, my man, the choices that you're making today can lead you to a life that might end up in an unhealthy state or a mm -hmm. life that you probably won't be happy with, why don't we try this and let's do it together? Or why don't we try this option and see how that feels for you? Mm -hmm. It's a totally different language, but I'm telling him basically or her the same thing, right? 100%. So it's from coming from a place of love and understanding that as humans, we all should love and guide people to something that is going to make them love themselves first. Yeah. And you know what? And what you said there is perfect because it's kind of like my buddy just talking smacked me right to my face but he's like you know he's my closest buddy i've known this guy since like and, forever and that might be okay for you right because your guys right. are boys yeah exactly it's it's all out of love like he's just like come on man like man you that's look right. like shit dog come on let's get <laughs> let's get to work and that's your language between you guys yeah. and that's dope that's great right yeah and, and that's it, acceptable 100 percent. but it's like i'm not gonna do that to like let's say if i'm training like a 40 year old woman who god only knows what she's gone through you know she probably has a whole bunch of issues i'm not just gonna walk man you look like shit bro let's go like no, i'm not yeah. gonna do that right yeah and it's, it's awesome and, that you made that separation <laughs> and we shouldn't do the opposite either of like if somebody doesn't look healthy or doesn't look good meaning they could look better we shouldn't be hypocrites either Oh, right? no. Yeah. Of like, oh there, my gosh, yeah. we know they're not happy with themselves. They are literally brainwashing themselves to believe that they look good with the figure, with the shape that they have. But deep down inside, they're not loving themselves. They're yeah. not happy. They just have this public persona, which is literally to protect themselves from being hurt, mm -hmm. that they end up living this life. And what are we doing? We're condoning it. We're accepting it. And we're keeping them stuck and trapped in this pain and unrealistic and unhealthy reality. Well, it's, and it's brutal too, because it's it's like- Totally. When you want to bring up that honesty piece, and I tell it, because like I said, I got my two boys and I always tell them honestly, when they ask me questions about X, Y, Z, whatever they teach them in school, it's kind of like, that's cool. They can teach you whatever. They can bring up these different things. And I always tell them, think critically, because not everything they're going to tell you like, don't ever take it as truth at face value because you don't know what's behind it. Like, right. I remember I looked up a statistic that says the Food and Drug Administration, basically, uh, I think in the United States, because I live in Canada, right? But in North America, on average, they make about 4,000 calories worth of food, right? Mm -hmm. And when I got mm -hmm. to thinking, I'm like, but 4,000 calories, I'm wondering how many micronutrients are actually in there. You know, what's the yeah. protein content? What's the macro <laughs> breakdown? Yeah. I bet you 90% of it's high fructose corn syrup, some soy stuff, and a whole bunch That's of right. other random shit that your body doesn't need 
And I kind of yeah. feel like at the same time, they want to push this agenda kind of on younger kids. And I'm seeing it in children, which kind of like scares me. I'm like, whoa, childhood obesity yep. is nothing that's coming up, man. Like, it's a serious thing, man. Right now, there's the highest rate of kids dealing with high blood pressure, right? I dude, just did a, yeah. I did a, a post not too long ago on that. And it's, but here, here, here's the thing. The American standard diet is sadly keeping people in this unhealthy life. Oh my God, that triangle. Why? (laughs) It's all a money thing, right? It's about literally making the highest calorie quality foods that they can with the lowest nutritional value, right? At the lowest cost. It's if I can give you a lot of calories at a very low cost, sign me up. I'm in it. That's what the American standard diet believes, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why we have an influx of... I don't know the percentage, but a great percentage of it is all high, is all processed foods, right? Yeah. So yeah. when we look at that, it's easy for us to say, yeah, but they're the problem. Yes, they are a contributor to the problem. However, they are not the problem because we are responsible for our own life, right? Yes, yes. I could have easily said Mexican culture, they're all fatty foods. What do you have? You have most fried foods. You have tortillas. You have everything burritos, that is battered yeah. and fried and burritos <laughs> and big quantities, right? Like I could choose to blame that and say, well, it's because of my culture that I'm this way. Or I, like I did from a young age, realize, huh, I don't want to end up like that. So therefore, maybe I should make a different choice in the way I'm going to eat and the way I'm going to conduct my life. It Mm -hmm. comes back to my own responsibility to understand that I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for my own health. And if we take that position and take that attitude of knowing that health is your responsibility, then now we can't blame anybody else, right? It all comes down to what are we choosing for ourselves, And it's about encouraging people that health is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Health is the foundation and should be the foundation that impacts and drives everything in your life. Because without it, we suffer. Yeah, you're not going to be able to, like you, you, you said quality of life earlier. And I'm like, dude, yes. Like, I see it too often where it's like, bro, you can't go up the stairs. You know, you, you just... Right. You're having difficulty just walking, you know, like, yeah, but it's because I hurt my back when I was 18 (laughs) years old, right? We find a justification as to why something's happened to not assume the responsibility to be able to change that situation. And then just kind of, yeah, because to your point, it's always like, oh, I got this trick knee that, you know, happened to me 20 years ago. I'm like, well, why don't you get it looked at, dog? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. It's like maybe the inflammation from the food that you're eating may be a contributing factor and how it's not getting any better. Yeah. And, or it's the doctor's fault who yeah. it's, you know, it's my best friend that caused this injury on me. Right. It's always and, and that's deflection. normal as humans to always point the finger out. Right. But mm-hmm. when we decide to again now, like Gary Vee says, point the thumb at you. Yeah. Let me assess my life. Let me analyze and reflect what am I doing that is contributing to this or keeping me stuck in this place? It's going to be a totally different perspective and will literally get you out of the condition that you're in. No, man. And you're to your point, like, and I love the fact that we're talking about mindset because whatever it is in this life, it always starts with the mind, man. Like it always it comes back to the mind. It's like, whatever you think you'll bring into like fruition, you'll bring into like life, 
itself. You, right. you, this is the root cause of everything for a lot of us. And I love yeah. the fact that you're taking this approach. Because for me, honestly, I just look at macros and whatever, but I already developed like certain habits around it, right? Where it's just like, okay, just let, let me know the macros, the micros, and I'm good to go, man. I'll figure out my diet from there. Thank you. But yeah. how do you introduce that side of it where it's like, okay, we got the mindset down. These are the dietary shifts that we're going to make for somebody that's been eating, you know, in a certain way for for so long. How do you get them to really, you know, start paying attention to that? Like, do you just kind of give them the macros? And you're like, all right, good to go, man. <laughs> just run with the protein. But, you know, you know I used do do to that? do that, but I realized that doesn't work mm -hmm. because, again, it's about having people realize that what they're doing today is giving them the outcome of life. Most people don't even realize they're doing things that are hurting them. Why? Because they, to them, they see it as something normal. Yeah. That is the psychological part that is absolutely critical for us to understand. When I started talking about emotional eating or stress eating, I would say that 95% of all the people that I started speaking about this topic had no clue they were emotional eaters had no clue they were stress eaters because to them, they thought that was normal. To them, they've always done that. Wow. So psychologically, they think that's okay. That's a normal thing to do. So until we don't get somebody to understand that what they're doing, literally the choices that they're making is leading them to the life that they have, it's going to be hard for them to follow something because they think, well, what is this? Why, why should I? I don't like this. Why do I need to follow this macro thing? Why do I need to stop eating these foods that I've always ate? This is how I was taught to eat. Like, why shouldn't I? Mm -hmm. Right? So we've got to now retrain them and have them realize that the behavior choices that they're making are leading them to that life. That's step one. Once they can see that and recognize that, now we have to then take them to make the, the different choice. So it's about letting them realize, well, what do you think a healthy person eats? Interesting. What do you think a healthy person chooses as a snack? What do you think a healthy person chooses to do first thing out of bed? What does a healthy person do for fun? What does a healthy person choose for their life, even in the clothes that they wear, right? In the shoes that they wear, in the, the things that they watch in the things that they hear, because now they start to realize, ah, oh, this is what they do. So now the choice comes from within versus me telling you what to do. Where we have failed as a fitness, as a, as in the fitness industry is to only telling people what to do. Yeah, that works for a certain amount of time. But if I can teach you to make the choice for yourself, because you understand that when I make that choice, it's benefiting me, but I'm choosing it. Mm -hmm. It's going to hold stronger because now it's their choice versus me telling you stop eating that fatty burger. Yeah, no, no. Now I realize I don't want that fatty burger because I'm healthy. I want this instead interesting it's called like the way i see it, it's like you're recalibrating their brains everything you know? dude. <laughs> it's we're like we're literally retraining everybody to do to we're retraining them to choose a different life right yeah but it it's it's so much different because now it's coming from your understanding mm -hmm. now it's me making the conscious choice even though i don't know what i'm doing as long as if i can choose it and believe that this is what a healthy person does, then the more I do that behavior pattern, I'm going to reap the benefits of it. That's the truth.
And that's the healthy loop that you're basically creating because now it's that's that right. reward. And then it's like, oh, that's you know what? Right. This, this actually, this is this is magic. It's like the first that's time anybody right. kind of loses their first 20 pounds. Because I had right. a client like that too. And it just kind of like, yo, don't worry. As soon as you get, you lose the 10 pounds, all of a sudden he's like, bro, I, I, I'm a god. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. all right, let's take it easy. But you know, you're doing good, bro. And it's it's kind of, you're right. Because it's kind of like, you're basically making sure that they can make that connection, but getting them there. Because you work with a more specific population, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, I guess for you getting them to that first step is probably one of the hardest things or acceptance is the hardest thing for most people, right? Really accepting the fact that I have these issues. I mm-hmm. I have, you know, a food addiction or I have a coping mechanism to deal with in terms of food, right? Or I struggle with this acceptance is the first place we have to get to and recognize that, yes, I'm doing this to myself. Because once we can drop that that barrier, that ego-based conscious that is mm-hmm. making you believe, no, you don't do that. No, you don't have a problem. No, you don't stress eat. No, you don't emotionally. You no, know, you're not addicted to sugar. I just have a carton a week. Like, that's not a problem. Not Other good. people might do more, right? We justify our yeah. actions and that keeps us trapped. So until we don't drop down this ego-based conscious belief and attitude, we're never going to fully find the freedom that we truly desire. That is, I mean, it's on point because you're right. It's damn, man. Like it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And I guess this is how you really get the ball rolling. And like, let's say you get the ball rolling. They've accepted it. They started, they're making, how do you make sure that they stay on the right path? Because just like a junkie that's sometimes like, oh man, you know, I'm going to go that, forget that one hit that one time. And all of a sudden they kind of derail does that ever happen with your clients and how do you get them to come back to it? Absolutely. It's really about recognizing to eliminate interferences. Okay. One thing that will cause us to go back to old habits is if something reminds us of the past. Ah, breakup. So, which is why when we when we t- they tell alcoholics stay away from anywhere where there's alcohol, stay away from make new friends, don't go to the clubs because one reminder will cause you to go back. Yeah. So what do we do? How do we change that? Are we now going to live in a bubble? No. What we want to do is we want to reinforce our new identity and put reminders that speak of who you now are. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I recommend is we start literally in your home, inundate yourself with reminders that speak of who you now are, right? Pictures of healthy people, Pictures of healthy food, pictures of like your vision board of things that you desire to do, right? And then look at what things are interferences for me that I should remove. So that might be you might need to make new friends. Mm -hmm. You might start to have to take a different route to work and not go through all of those fast food restaurants, right? You might have to give up um, hanging around uh, uh, co-workers or going to the same restaurants you always did. We might have to start laying out the clothes in front of you so when you see it first thing in the morning, you know this is a reinforcement, this is a new identity, this is what I do. I go to the gym, I go to work, I, I go work out, right? Mm-hmm. Like It's about putting reminders that reinforce your new identity. And the more we can do that, we are literally now shutting down this old you that will want to manifest. And the more we do that with time, it's not even going to be a a desire for you anymore because you've become now this person so much 
you've tasted so much good. You've experienced this new person and have just lived so much amazing life that you don't want to go back. You don't desire that anymore. So with time, you'll never go back. Interesting. It's almost like you're creating a new avatar is the way I see it too. Everything, dude. You know, you're like, literally reshaping everything about you. You are creating a new identity. Yeah, dude. And it's interesting because I did have a guy on Pradeep Sang and he was talking about identity and how our identity is basically going to predict whether you are successful or not, depending on yeah. how that person has created this identity through their life experiences and then what they reinforce to themselves every single day through their actions, right. their words, their affirmations. And it's interesting because right. now I see it from the health perspective of somebody that's doing it negatively and how you basically bring that process and say, okay, now we're going to we're going to make yourself a new identity, bro. Like we're going to let go of that one. That one's going to die. It's almost like, you know, when, uh, when some, what is it? Like a lizard sheds his skin, right? It's like, okay, yeah. we're done with that. Like we're done That's with it. that. You know, this is, this is, but we have path. to make the definitive choice for that first, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I, I sound like a broken record, but we have to be determined and committed to it. No matter what, that is mm -hmm. why when people say, all right, I'm going to try that. You fail. No, yeah, no, don't try it. Oh, That's let weak. me see how, let me see if it works. It's not going to work. No. Don't do it. Right. Which is why things that we can utilize to help us are affirmations in the context of being able to reaffirm who you are, right? Yeah. Being able to reaffirm constantly who you are, because again, it's about hearing. The more I can hear, the more I can hear, the more I believe, the more than I will do set thing I am believing. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. The other thing I was gonna ask before we leave, because I'm like, man, this time has gone by way too fast. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing I kind of wanted to go over was, let's say you've gotten somebody on the right path, you've worked with them, they've lost X amount of pounds, and now it's kind of like, do you recreate that healthy relationship with said fatty foods? Like, let's say they like fried foods, and it's kind of like teaching them how to incorporate it into their lifestyles, but not in a way that's ever gonna derail them again. How do you approach the approach to food, I guess, is what I'm, I'm yeah. looking for, like the healthy approach to food. Because obviously, you know what? It's always going to be around us. And shoot, man, I, I'm, I, lo I love fried chicken. You know, I could eat fried chicken, yeah. pizza, you know, all that good stuff that's not necessarily good for me. But I know how to do it in a way that doesn't, you know, derail me from the goals that I have. How do you do that with your clients to make sure that they can still enjoy, you know, a burger every now and again? It all comes back to belief. What are you believing about that food, right? Let's go back to, I meant to say this earlier, but let's say, let's say you're going for a walk, but you're believing when you walk, this isn't doing anything for me. This sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm getting nothing out of this. Why am I even doing it? This is a waste of time. Exactly. That's exactly what it's going to produce for you. Mm -hmm. But if I go with the belief of saying this walk is going to make my health better. It's going to shed the, the, the weight that I want. I'm going to release all the weight. I'm going to, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to get strong. What does that do now? That belief is going to literally align your cells. I'm speaking that and I get goosebumps just by mm -hmm. speaking that because now I'm speaking life. And when I speak life, I now start to get that outcome. When we're now reintroducing certain foods, we have to understand that the belief that if I believe that this burger I'm going to eat is going to make me fat, is going to keep me from gaining weight, that's exactly what it's going to do. 
So gotcha. as I now develop this healthy relationship with food, I'm now eating cleaner, I'm eating healthier, less processed foods, less sugar. I'm developing set if I believe in macros or within a calorie count, whatever that is for you. If you like that burger, know that I'm making the choice to eat that. But this choice that I'm making, it's not going to affect my health. I'm not going to gain weight by eating this burger. I'm not going to now go back to the old self simply by eating this burger or eating this pizza, right? Mm -hmm. Or eating this fried chicken. Because when I have a healthy relationship, I decide how much of it I eat. I decide how often I eat. I decide what it's going to do to me. Interesting. Yeah. Based on how I'm believing what this food is going to do for me. Because literally, I've had people that are eating clean, but they are believing that this is not going to give them results and they never see results. But you're saying, but they're eating healthy. So what? Their body is rejecting everything that you are giving it simply because you are believing that that's not going to give you results. And that'll be your truth. Wow. It's the power of the Try mind, this man. exercise, dude. Seriously, I invite everybody to try this exercise. Go for a walk and tell yourself this walking sucks. This is going to do nothing for me. I'm not going to get anything. This is making me unhealthy. Do that and see what that does. See how you feel mm -hmm. and then stop, shake it off. And then now speak and say, this is making me healthy. This is making me strong. This is making me fit and see what that does to your body. Our body is so incredible that it literally will do and believe whatever you are believing and speaking to it. Interesting. 75 trillion cells are going to follow the lead That's of the it, mind. <laughs> you know, like... That's it. And they've <laughs> done studies with like plants and animals and things like that, right? Where they speak life to one and speak death to the other. And that's exactly what happens to them. And we're no different to that. A hundred percent, dude. It's kind of why I say weight release and not weight loss. What, exactly. And why was that again? Um, why would you call Psychologically, it Psychologically, when we say weight loss, anything that we lose, what do we want to do as a human? Want to get that back. <laughs> go and find it. If you lose your keys, what are you doing? I want to go find it, right? So subconsciously, psychologically, when we say weight loss, there is a thing inside of you that doesn't want to lose it because you know you're going to have to go chase after it. So it stops you from taking action. It brings fear, doubt, and literally just blocks us psychologically because we end up finding it again. But if mm -hmm. we say weight release, if I'm releasing something, it's my choice. If I release this out of my hand, it's my choice to let it go. Yeah. So subconsciously and psychologically, it has more effect to the positive versus the negative. And it's kind of like a lot of people going back to the identity side of things. It's like, yo, man, I'm big. I'm, I'm big J. I'm, I'm big Craig. I'm, I'm big whatever. Right. Yeah. And it's almost like, yo, man, I got to release that too. Right. Because that's part of the identity thing where it's like, no, I'm, right. I'm not that. In order for me to like lose this weight, I don't want to be big J anymore. I just want to be that's Jay, right. You know, that's right, dude. Absolutely. And shoot, that's a big one in, uh, in Hispanic culture. At least in the, I can just speak on my side of the culture, the Mexican. What do we do when young kids are a little bit, a little bit overweight? We hey, call gordo. them gordo. Yeah. <laughs> we call them fat, dude. We're literally telling uh, his identity and his whole body and life that he's fat. Yeah. And what no, happens? They end up growing fat. Yeah, dude. It's, it's kind of like. They believe I, it. 
I'm Costa Rican. It's the same way. Like our nicknames are brutal, right? Like I'm like, bro, you can't call somebody owlies. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like some of the names are just mean, right? It's kind of like an I showed. We would never Rica. say those in English, bro. But no, we like dude. get away with it in Spanish. <laughs> so They're the most politically inc- like I got to Costa Rica. They're like, hey, gorilla, gorilla. I'm like, really, gorilla? I'm like, I'll have to roll with that. You know, like that. <laughs> so, no, I didn't mind. Well, that, you gave right? it a different meaning than probably yeah. they were giving it, right? So I mean, sometimes and but again, it all comes back to what are we believing of what's being said right yeah well i mean they were just all like oh this guy's always in the gym you know you're just big yeah. you're jacks you're a gorilla i'm like all right cool right. you know and my own cousins and everybody but it's true it's kind of because a lot of people will always have that identity to them it's like hey if you're skinny yeah. hey flaco come here flaco that's right you know and, and that was like, the one that tortured my life like my dad used to tell me skinny and i absolutely hated it right it was like the thing, even though for many, it's like, but you were skinny. Yeah, but you didn't know what it was doing for me. I always had to prove myself, right? I yeah. always had to show that I was good, that I was athletic, that I could go toe to toe with those that were a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger than me, right? Yeah. So that was my drive to change my identity to then become something different, right? But we all have that, but it all comes back to the identity. As we hear, we will believe. And it's interesting, too, because it's kind of like that whole belief side of things is when you're a kid, when you're most susceptible to it, when the subconscious programming is like Mm -hmm. really taking place. And that's when you hear somebody calling you fat all your life, man, that's got to hurt. You know, and (laughs) I knew a couple of kids, too, where it's like I didn't even know his name. I thought his name was Gordo. You know, like Gordo, come here, man. Like. Yeah, it is what it's it very is. true. <laughs> it's very true. That's very true. I'll say I'll say this. My best friend, his nickname was Cowtits. Wow. So terrible. Right. It's a terrible name. But like, that's what everyone called him. And what do you think that did to him? Oh, man, I bet he probably just got destroyed. You know, that's right. And so then you start believing, well, if everybody's telling me that, then I must be true. That's who I am. And so what you believe, you now reinforce it by the actions that you take. Yeah. And it ended up being so much that, you know, ended up taking him to his grave. Which is awful, but that's why you're here. And that's why you're doing what you do. And and honestly, Dave, man, like I'm 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 just looking forward to our next conversation and looking to see you do all kinds of good things, man. So before you leave today, just give us some closing words and let us know where we can find you. Your situation in your life doesn't define who you are. You have the ability of changing that when you choose to believe differently. Today, who do you want to be? Who do you desire to be? What life do you desire to have? Believe that. Speak that. And it will come. You make that up or is that that original? (laughs) I'm stealing that. (laughs) That. I love that, man. I love that, David. But this kind of goes back to the power of the mind. You're 100% right, man. You're 100% right. There's no denying it. And for myself and for many other people that I've seen, man, everything that you said right there is 100% true. But it goes Thanks, back man. to the acceptance. That's right, dude. And I 100%. hope anybody listening today, I hope you're ready to accept it. And if you're ready to work with David, be sure to check out the links I'm going to have in the description below. That being said, David, this was an awesome time, man. I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you, brother. It's an honor. Appreciate you having me. And Always here to support in any way. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Until the next episode, guys.